would like to share with you, um, just for a few moments, Can, let's go to 1 John 4.18, 1 John 4.18, 1 John 4.18. Uh, as I was preparing, and you know, the Lord usually starts dealing with me on Sundays about what to speak the following week or throughout the week, man of God, so... For, you know, it's about Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm like, well, what? You know, I'm already taking notes on Sunday of things that I think he wants me to share. And I'm like, what? what is it? I know we've been in this vein, unshakable confidence, uh, aggressive speech, but what, what What? do they need to hear Sunday? What, what do they need to hear? And we talked a little bit about it last week, but he, he began to deal with me we got to get to that place where we move from fear to focus. Moving from fear to focus. Particularly this fear that has been imposed upon a lot of believers that all of these things are happening is God's judgment against you. And we have to get to the place where we realize based upon scripture under this new covenant, we are at peace with God. And if people would just study their Bibles, they would understand that certain things are happening because they were spoken prophetically and there are certain things that must be fulfilled before the Messiah returns. So, so we got it. And all of this is important because what has happened because of what's going on throughout the land, there is no longer uh, uh, much being said, man of God, about the gospel. We hear even certain preachers, they're uh, promoting other agendas more, and I wish they would promote Jesus like there are some of these other things. And and listen, and when you've lost your focus as a disciple, as a believer of Jesus, then the message becomes silent. There's no more proclamation of the gospel of Jesus whereby people can have faith in him to receive him as Savior and Lord. And throughout the weeks past, we've traversed over various uh, chapters in Timothy where he tells us that, you know, the time is going to come when people are going to be led astray by seducing spirits. Another book, he says they're going to go away from the truth. But he tells us, those of us who are believers, hey, you endure persecution. Watch this. And fulfill your ministry. In other words, do the work, or you know, he says, do the work of an evangelist. That is for every believer. In the midst of what's going on, you remain focused and keep proclaiming the good news of Jesus. That's what we should be doing. Are you with me? So we have to get to that place where we are no longer fearful because, listen, that spirit did not come from God. 2 Timothy 1 7. Let me show you something. And I shared with you last week how Luke talks about that the time will come when men's hearts will fail them because of the expectation of the things that will come upon the earth. And we see that now. Men's hearts are failing them. Men are afraid. People are committing suicide. People are leaving the faith because of great fear. When you should be sure 
of who you are in Christ. Your joy, as he, John encourages, should remain full. Why? Because I know I'm serving the true and living God. For God has not given us, 2 Timothy 1.7, I'm sorry. 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us what? A spirit of fear. But the spirit he gives, referring to the Holy Spirit, is of power, love, and sound mind or self-discipline. And we know that one of the characteristics of the fruit of the spirit is self-control. So I can't possess self-control without the person, power, presence of Holy Spirit. So the spirit he has given us is of power, love, and sound mind. So if you're walking in fear, that spirit is not from God. 1 John 4, and there's so much good nuggets here. And John, in succinct, John is writing to believers. Of course, they believe in Jesus, and he's the son of God, or God in the flesh. So he's writing to believers that they may remain strong in that fact. They were already worshipers of Jesus. They were uh, they fellowshipping amongst each other, but they were threatened by false teachings. Notice Timothy talks about people being led astray by those doctrines of demons. So in, in many of these in that day, they were led away by Gnosticism. So he writes to reassure them of their faith in Christ, and of course, to counter false teachings. Matter of fact, let's let's start. Let, let's just look at several verses. Let's go to verse one. So, First John four, he starts off by letting them know that they should not listen to this. Believe every teacher that they hear. But he said, trust those who believe in the incarnation of God in the form of Jesus Christ. Then he goes to say that teachers or the readers should not believe anyone who professes otherwise. I'm giving you some nuggets. Let's, let's go to uh, verse 1. Now, let's look at something here. Let's just kind of pick it apart for a moment. First of all, he never tells us to test the Spirit by the Spirit because that's what I hear most of you religious people saying. Test the Spirit by the Spirit. That is not what he said. Well, how do you say that? Because I can read, as I'm bishop says. Notice he said, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits or try the spirits whether they are of God. What do you see tested by and that's, I submit those are those who keep getting knocked down and can't get up because they're trying to test the spirit by the... <laughs> Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God. Because what? Many false prophets are going out into the world. Notice he said, first he says, test or try. And that word try, it connotes in the Greek to check out by a pattern 
are a standard that never changes. <laughs> and the standard intended is the word of God. So that word, you can write that down, that word test or try, it literally means to check out by a pattern or a standard that never changes. So God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So his pattern, his standard never changes. I don't care who comes up with a new doctrine. God's pattern never changes. Notice he says, believe not every spirit. Now, it's something to understand because uh, this does not, of course, refer merely to spiritual and supernatural beings. He said every spirit. So you have to be in tune to things not relative to the spirit. Every spirit. And where Christians mess up sometimes, they don't see outside of the four walls of the church. Anything being satanic or not of God. But test the spirits whether they are what? Or of God. Now, you may not know this, but this is a responsibility of every Christian. Not just pastors, apostles, bishops. Every believer has the responsibility to test the spirits whether they're of God. That's why, and you, you hear me say it all the time, it is of great necessity that you are proficient, well-versed, competent when it comes to knowing and understanding the written word of God. So if I'm not proficient in the word, if I'm not competent enough to, uh, 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 of understanding the word, so when things are promulgated that goes against the word, you can become victim to that because you do not understand what's written. That's why some been saying, test the spirit by the spirit. Not paying attention. So if I don't know the word, how can you stand against error when it faces you or confronts you? Oh, this is good. If you don't know the truth, how can you combat falsehood when it confronts you? That's why I encourage you, study your word like we do stuff of, of, of no value in spiritual enrichment. Don't believe every spirit. Here John is warning against believing every spirit. That is, we are to never assume, see, listen to this. That's why you have to be in tune. So we're never to assume that every spiritual experience or every demonstration of spiritual power is from God. See, that's why you have to, you have to, you have to test, you have to know. So every spiritual experience and every demonstration doesn't mean it's God. I don't care if somebody jump up and declare this or that. You have to know. So we must test spiritual experiences and spiritual phenomena to see if they are in fact of God. Well, why do you say that? The man, he, he, his eyes were open. Deliverance came. Well, Mark puts it this way in Mark 13, 22. For false Christ and false prophets will rise and show signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So just because uh, uh, there was a manifestation doesn't mean that it was a work of God. 
That's why you have to know. And if you are in agreement with God, he'll tell you, yeah, it happened, but that wasn't me. Ooh. Yeah, she sounds persuasive. She sounds good, but I am not speaking through her. That's why some of you shouldn't receive every word you get. <laughs> and I submit to you, don't you move until God has already said it to you. If it's in fact is God. That's another message. And you know how many believers fall for the okie doke? Simply because they do not know the word. You know how many people are out of their spot because of seducing, deceiving spirits because they have not been learned in the word. Verse 2 and 3. We're going to verse 18, but since there's so much good nuggets here, let's just. So, 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 so Pastor, you're saying, well, so how do I know when a false prophet speaks? Put verse 2 up. So, so how would I know? And see, again, he's not just referring, Sister Moore, to false prophets, false prophets within the church. Any man or woman, man of God, who speaks untruths in the name of the Lord. Doesn't have to be prophet so-and-so. It could be brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so. Are you here? It doesn't even have to be a believer, but they speak lies disguised as truth. <laughs> so you have to know your word. And what gets me, some have been behooved to the degree that they believe the false ones and deny the real ones. You, that there went a nugget. They believe the false prophets, but those who are really hearing from God, oh, that's, that's a game. That's a gimmick. See, now you've been deceived. But if I knew, I would know that this man speaks by the word of God. So how would I know when the false prophet speaks? By this, you know the spirit what? Of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of, of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is. So he's given us some nuggets here. Are you here? And at this, notice he says, and this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming. And is now already in the world. Listen, that's nothing real deep. Antichrist in the Greek, it literally means an opponent of the Messiah. That's all it means. One who opposes or revolts against God. And we know that that spirit is running rampant now. Verse 3, and every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is coming to flesh is what? Not of God. And this it's the spirit of the Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now is already in the world. 
Every spirit, listen to this now, that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Are you here? True prophecy and true teaching will always present a true Jesus. True prophecy and true teaching will always present a true or real Jesus. I will write that down. See, in John's day, the issue was about if Jesus had truly come, watch this, in a real body of flesh and blood. And those who were influenced by Gnosticism said that uh, Jesus couldn't have actually, you know, he couldn't have actually became, you know, flesh and blood and human being because, you know, God wouldn't have uh, any dealings with an impure individual. Because that thing was matter is evil and spirit is good. So there's no way he could. But in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And it goes down around verse 14. It lets us know that the word became flesh and dwelt. Are you here? So even today we have groups, listen to this, that deny Jesus is really God, or fully God and fully human. We, we hadn't even planned. I'm just giving you nuggets. I'm trying to get to verse 18. But since some haven't studied this week, let me help you. Colossians 2, 8 and 9. So we have groups today. L listen, see, because now Satan is very carry. And you are here certain groups who used to deny Jesus. Oh, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, but do you believe him as God in the flesh? Do you believe that he is Lord or just a good prophet or a good teacher? See, you have to know, except you be led into error. Are you here? You know what? The ERV, I love the way it's translated. Who, who, who has it? Someone give me an ERV. Pull it up on your phone, you smart people, you. Oh, okay, she has it. Be sure. Oh. Be sure you are not led away by the teaching of those who are, have nothing worth saying and only plan to deceive you. That teaching, what, is not from Christ. It is only human tradition, what? That teaching is not from God, Christ. It is only human tradition that comes from the powers of the influence of the word. I say this because, oh, I say this because all of God lives in Christ fully, even in his life on the earth. So I just can't believe he's Jesus. I have to believe that the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him, even when he was on earth. Because it's so many, 
Notice what I articulated to you in Mark. There are going to be so many signs and wonders that people, that the very elect perhaps would be deceived. Now, if you're not among the elect, it's like school. You are either uh, making good grades or dumb. <laughs> I thought that would wake you up and get your attention. So you're not dumb. Nobody's dumb. In other words, if the one who makes straight A's is deceived, there's no hope for the one who made E's, F's. So at the time of this writing, at the time of this writing, people didn't have a hard time believing Jesus was God, man of God. They had, they had a hard time believing that he was a real man. <laughs> did, did, you, did you hear what I said? They didn't have time he was believing he was God. Jesus was God. But they had a hard time believing that he was a real man. See, this false teaching said that Jesus, what the false teacher was doing was saying that Jesus uh, was truly God, which is correct, but really a make-believe man. See, that was, that's what was being promulgated. Oh, he's God, but really not a man. Make-believe man. So that's why you have to understand that every spirit that confesses not that Jesus come in the flesh is not of God. So to deny him as a make-believe man is saying, yeah, I believe God, but I don't believe he came in the flesh. Oh, well. We ain't on the same page. And stop all this agreeing with people. We believe the same God. Let, let, let's define God. Who, who is the God that you serve? Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Do you believe that he was God in the flesh? See, that's where... Now, some think that this is the only test of false doctrine. That's why you have to know the word, okay? This is not the only test, but it was the significant issue challenging the church in John's day. So this was the significant issue in that day. So what do you mean it's not the only test? Timothy talks about don't let anyone cheat you through uh, philosophy and empty Suedo intellectual babble. So you have to be careful that even though we're not dealing with whether he's God in the flesh or not, there are some other untruths that are being promulgated that if you do not know the word, you can still be led into error according to the traditions of men or the basic principles of this world. Are you here? And I say that because Today, a person might confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, yet deny that he is God as the Bible teaches he is God. Are you here? So anybody who teaches that, you have to be careful because that's a false doctrine because they're not presenting a true Jesus. Are you here? Notice he says, this is the spirit of the one who opposes him. So to deny the true Jesus is the basis of the spirit of the Antichrist. 
And if you're not solid, you will be deceived. That's what he says. So if I'm not a good student, do you think I'm going to pass the test or fail it? Because it sounds so smooth, Sister Moore, that apparently they know more than what I know about the word right now. Even though they are in error, I, I, I don't have a leg to stand on because I'm not a student of the word. When I should have been studying, I was reading Facebook posts and, and I was engaging in gossiping and I was doing things I had no business doing. So when I'm confronted with error, I don't believe. Oh, this is good to me. So the, the spirit of Antichrist, it is a spirit which both opposes the true Jesus and it offers a substitute. Uh, so I don't know why he's going here today. Even, see, even those of you who are mating and all that stuff, getting together, we have to be on the same page. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, but d- d- fully. Do you believe he's God in the flesh? We, 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 we both believe the same God. All, all that don't matter. See, he done got you. Deceived. Are you here? As a matter of fact, ooh, Satan doesn't care at all if you know Jesus or love Jesus or pray to Jesus. As long as it is a false Jesus, a make-believe Jesus, and a Jesus who was not there, and therefore who could not save. He doesn't care if you pray to Jesus. He doesn't care if you say you love Jesus. He doesn't care if you know. He just doesn't want it to be a real Jesus. See, that's the thing. He just doesn't want this Jesus that you profess to be real. Ah, He wants you to have that. Thank you, Pastor. That religious Jesus. The one who was, you know, I believe he's God, but not God in the flesh. The little one still in the manger, as some say. But he tells them in verse 4, notice what he says in verse 4. Notice what he says in verse 4. Notice what he says in verse 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome him. That's why he was trying to encourage them that you have the real thing. (laughs) That's why he tells us, anyone born of God, overcome it, the world. Are you here? And it is your victory or your agreement that gives you uh, the victory. Or it is your agreement with God, excuse me, that gives you the victory. Talking about your faith. So you are of God, little children, and have have overcome them because greater is he that is in you 
than the false prophets that are in the world or what goes on in the world. He, he, he who is in you is greater than he is in the world. This means that Christians, watch this, should have no fear. Why? Because the greater one is on the inside of me. And let me tell you something. We, the Bible declares that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Although we, have made, we, have, we may have many spiritual enemies, but not one of them is greater than the Jesus that lives inside of us. I said again, we may have many spiritual enemies, but not one of them is greater than the Jesus that lives inside of you. I said again, we may have many things that try to oppose us, but you should not have no fear. Why? Because greater is he that is in me than he. What are you afraid of? You hear? So there we see the protection of the child of God. What? You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. You should feel comforted right there. That should bring great comfort. Why? Because we have overcome them. <laughs> That's the next chapter, First John 5, 4. Are you here? But if you want to show that to them or not, you stay right here. Watch this. You are of God, little children, have overcome them because he is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Are you here? So in context, he's saying, listen, you should, not, you should not fear the spirit of the Antichrist. Now, now watch this. Even though we should be aware of them because he talks about that, but we shouldn't fear them. Notice the spirit of the Antichrist is one who revolts or opposes God. So you even have religious leaders preaching in the name of Jesus, but they're revolting in the fact that they are teaching in error relative to certain things, like keeping you in bondage on certain matters that, that, that are no longer or, or, or that were done away with under the old covenant, but still trying to bound you by something, watch this, that was removed when Christ came or this new faith, as Galatians puts it, has come. Are you here? So watch this. Just because someone gets before you teaching with the word of God doesn't mean that they are above error. That's why if you don't know it, you can't detect it when you hear it. If you don't know it, you cannot detect it when you hear it. Are you here? He who is in you is greater than he is in the world. Listen, the believer has a resource for victory. And it's the vital presence of the indwelling Jesus. That's our victory. The indwelling presence of Jesus, which makes victory always possible. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. If we rely on him and not ourselves. Oh, see, 
I, I, I have to say it again. I, I'm not the least bit trying to entertain you. That's and any preacher who is who is needs to sit down and reevaluate: Are they called by God, or they want to be in the entertainment industry? My job is to articulate this word to such a degree that when you are living in the systems of this world, you know how to stand firm in the faith which you have received. Now, I had to go through all that just to start dealing with we shouldn't be gripped by this fear as if God is condemning you. Verse 17. Love has been perfected among us in this way, that we may be boldness, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Well, you're not going to have boldness in the day of judgment if you think all these things are happening because of God's judgment against you. (laughs) If you think he's out to get you, you're not coming to him with boldness. No, you're not. And I submit to you, Christ. The finished work of Jesus is what actually made it possible where you can come boldly now to the throne of grace. Are you here? Why? Ooh, it's right here. Notice he said, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Do you see this? Why? Because as, because as he is, so are we. Oh, do you see this? As he is, talking about Jesus, so are we in the world. We've been saying it all the time. When God sees you, he sees you in light of how he sees Jesus. And he sees you at peace with him. (laughs) We have peace with God now. Well, how can you say that? Because your life is hid in Christ. Oh. Notice that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. In the day of judgment. This shows the greatness of God's work in us. Are you here? See, watch this. We, we might be satisfied to merely survive the day of judgment, but God wants... Watch this, to so, to so fill our lives with his love and his truth that we, are, that we have boldness in that day. Let me say it again. When I say we might be satisfied, you know, we might, okay, well, uh, just, just as long as I can get before. No, he wants you to be bold in that day. Why? Because he sees you now in light of how he sees what Jesus did for you. And it's because of his love. And it's truth that we can have that boldness in the day of judgment. Boldness in the day of judgment? How could anyone have such boldness, Pastor? And see, here's the thing. We can imagine Jesus being bold before the throne of God. Oh, Jesus bold before But yet, if we abide in him, and he in us, then our identity is bound up in Jesus. That's why it says, as he is, so are we in this world. So there should not be a fear 
that every little thing that happened to you, oh, it's God trying to get you. Some things can be reduced just by not making dumb decisions. Getting wisdom on certain matters. <laughs> there is no fear in love. As a matter of fact, John, verse 18, John tells us, listen, that fear and love cannot exist together. Fear, oh, I would, ooh. Fear and love cannot exist together. This love that we're talking about here rejects fear because fear causes pain, and that pain prevents, watch this, love from being perfected. It involves torment. Are you here? There is no fear in love. The completeness of love means, watch this, that we do not cower in fear before God during this judgment. Watch this, either now or in the day of judgment. Why? Because we, we just seen that he told us that we come bolder that day, right? We know that all, all and I showed you this last week, I'll show you again. How can I do this? Because we know that all judgment that we deserved, past, present, and future, were poured out on the cross. Oh, man. We're poured out on Jesus, that is, on the cross. I'll say that again. Past, present, and future judgment was poured out on, the, on Jesus on the cross. Past, present, and future. Now, am I saying there are not consequences behind Falling short, there are consequences. But I'm saying stop pronouncing those curses are from God or those consequences. It's God's way of trying to correct when you have peace with him. And we, we know that he corrects us or instructs us with his word. So there is a correction, but he uses his word. Are you here? The fear John writes of here is not the appropriate Fear talking about reverence, we should always reverence and be in awe of God. But the kind of fear here involves torment. That agonizing kind of fear which robs our soul of the joy and confidence before God. See, you can't stand before God with joy and confidence if you think he's the one causing all of the harm. Or he's the reason behind, I can't get ahead. It is the fear, watch this, that is opposite of boldness in the day of judgment. So you don't want that type of fear. See, you have to know that you know that you know I'm at peace with God. See, it's all right here in the verse. See, but he who fears hath not been made perfect in love. And if our relationship with God is marked by this tormenting fear, it shows that we have not been made perfect. That is, complete and mature in his love. Still baby Christians relative to his love. Are you here? The fear, and I said this last week, the fear that perfect love cast out, again, guys, is the fear of God's judgment. 
I would write that down. The fear that the perfect love cast out is the fear of God's judgment. Again, those who are in Christ know the love of God, which drives away fear and condemnation. Why? Because we know, according to Romans 8, chapter 1, there is now no condemnation, period, in Christ. Again, and I close with this, and I will start, we'll pick up on how this fell on Jesus next, last, next week. But the love of God is knowing that God's judgment fell on Jesus at the cross so that we could be spared. Let me show you this. Isaiah 53, 53 and 6, Amplify. Let me show you why this is important. You know what? And that's a burden on a lot of people. It's hard to walk in a liberty whereby you have been set free when you think all of these things are because of God getting you. And I said again, God is not killing your children because you missed it. He's not causing houses to fall on your head because you missed it. He's not calling cars to flip over because you missed it. He's not putting cancer or any other sickness on your body because you missed it. That's the biggest lie of the devil. Now, there could be many things factored into those equations, but I will say, don't include God. He is not that God. And COVID-19 is not God's way of trying to get the church to wake up. The church is at peace with God. And if you studied your Bibles, you would know that whatever comes upon the earth, the church will be okay. And if you're waiting for every believer to be perfect in the sense that religious is telling us he ain't never coming back if that's the case. Sit, sit down, sit down. Closing my thing. All of us here have gone astray. We have turned each one to his own way. See, perhaps maybe that's why things aren't so smooth, because we have turned each one to our own way. Do what I want to do because I'm 18, because I'm 21, because person don't tell me what to do. I'm a man like him. I can hear from God just like she can. Going his own way. But the law is. Has caused the wickedness. Past. Present. And what you're going to fall into tomorrow. Of all of us. Are you saying? I'm, no. But there will be somebody who will miss the mark. I'm sure. Somewhere throughout the world. The regions. Today. In about a minute and 46 seconds. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned each one to his own way. But the Lord has caused the wickedness of us all, our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing, to follow him instead of us. So you stop receiving this falling on you. You know, Jesus took that from me. You're a lie straight from the pits of hell. I made a made bad decision. I may didn't get the wisdom on it, but I will not put this on my God. 
and we'll get into more of it next week. Come on, let's give the Lord a shout of praise.